my ex and I kind of developed this hobby of hooking up with beautiful women together. I have asserted myself in a way that, yes, she was willing, she, she wasn't a hell yes. Still to this day, I'm 30. I told my mom at 20, she still doesn't believe that I'm a, I'm a lesbian. This is episode 17, live from the Touchpoint Town Hall in New York City. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here we go. From squirting to consent, journaling to coming out, cosmic love to sexy spreadsheets, the storytellers from this last town hall stirred our souls, opened our minds, and made us laugh a lot. Unfortunately, we had some serious technical glitches while recording, and so in some parts, the sound quality is just, well, it's terrible. We wrestled with whether or not we should share the episode considering the low quality sound, but ultimately decided that we had to. I mean, whether in bed, in love, or even at a live event, things are bound to go wrong. Sometimes it's best to just acknowledge it out loud and let the show go on. So without further ado, I give you the Touchpoint Town Hall live from New York City on January 8th, 2019. Thanks for listening. Here we go.
the Touchpoint Band, Frank, the heartbeat of the Touchpoint Town Hall, and Savion on the violin. Please put your hands together for us. Oh my God, Happy New Year. It's two, 2019, you know, and this started, it was 2016, there were 12 of us, and they voted on which question they wanted to talk about. The question was, how do I introduce BDSM into my sex life? And I was like, I mean, that's cool. I know a lot about Buddhism. But it, <laughs> it turns out that Buddhism is not shorthand, or BDSM is not shorthand for Buddhism. It's a totally different thing. So, uh, so that was an interesting education uh, to get started. So here we are with this large crew. Uh, over the last almost three years, there have been more than 4,500 people that have sat here in this circle. Uh, and it's just such an honor and such a privilege to be able to be in this space with you tonight. Um, this is what happens when a hundred perfect strangers get together in a room and talk openly about the things they've experienced in bed and in love. I'm Jared Matthew Weiss, and this is the Touchpoint Town Hall. Now, before I begin, I always like to ask, do I have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Yes. Okay. That was okay. That was okay. We really, we really got to, you know, I want you to think of the kind of yes you would want to hear just before you were about to have a sexual experience with another person. <laughs> so again, I ask, do I have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Okay. <laughs> felt that. You felt that? Yeah. Oof. That is called enthusiastic consent. <laughs> now, quickly, you know, by a show of hands, how many people here uh, are virgins? That means you've never been to the Touchpoint Town Hall. Just quickly, let me see your hands. Okay. 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 Okay, 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 okay. How many people here are actually virgins? I'm just kidding, you don't have to put up your hands. There are, and listen, we've had people here who are virgins and that's wonderful. So, hi. Hi, what's your name? Uh, my name is Kay. Kay. Yeah. Okay, Kay, what brought you here tonight? Um, my lovely friend Elizabeth brought me here. She won tickets in the lottery and was like, hey girl, you wanna go? And I was like, yeah girl, I wanna go. Okay. <laughs> I love all that, <laughs> but I want to know why you said yes. I said yes because I'm hella sex positive. And hella sex positive. Hella sex positive. Okay. And um, I love the opportunity to sit down with people and talk about 
everything from what turns me on to what turns me off and sometimes that's a little bit much but i feel like in this space it's cool cool all right okay so what's one thing that turns you on one thing that turns me on is strong touch strong soft touch anybody else who feels that way say word (laughs) okay okay you found your people okay okay so i saw other hands my friend right here i saw your hand this is your first time here Okay, thank God you're here. So, so what brought you here tonight? Mm. And don't say you won tickets. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said yes, and you didn't need to. So yeah, well, tell we, me why. I mean, we, we've known each other for a couple of years now. And okay, I've, like, here I've, we go. I haven't been able to make it, and here I am. I've wanted to come and support. So you're here also, in support of me? I'm in support of you and in support of myself and my sex okay, life. Okay, so what's yeah. going on? What's why, what in support of yourself and your sex life? What does that look like? Uh, I think it's just about getting educated and, um, you know, hearing what, what people's opinions are out there. I mean, I think, like, the more that we can talk about it openly, the better we can all, the better sex we can all have, right? Am I making you nervous right now? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else who would be nervous, say word. Okay, see, those are your people. These are your people. Oh, my God, I'm so grateful that you guys are here. Okay, so by a show of hands, who's been here before? Who's been here before? Wow, oh, my God, you all came back. That's great. That is so great. Okay, hi. Hi, you're back. Thank God you're here. So what, why are you back? What, what's brought you back here? <laughs> that was good. I am in a place in my life and relationship. We we are starting to explore lots of new territory. Okay. And um, I love to share and hear about what other people are going through. So uh, okay. I love to talk about sex. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> cool. You found your place. What was your name? Dana. Dana. Thank God you're here, Dana. Okay, so who else has been here before? Oh, my God. So many of you. This is great. Oh my God, let's see. All right, I see somebody in the back. Here, one, one, we just, just wait until they can get a microphone over to you. Yeah, you, 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 you right here. Yay, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Speak up so everybody can hear you. So what brings you back? You do, Jared. I was at the first touch point where there was 12 people. I actually came in in the middle of an anal sentence and an anal sentence we yes. have to make sure that we're it was we're an anal clear. sentence right okay uh yeah. and i i am so proud of you to see where this has grown and i'm just curious to see uh what i haven't been in probably six months so i'm okay. curious to see how it's uh evolved well thank thank you thank i feel so loved and supported right now Thank you so much. Your shadow I looks that. great by the way oh thank god <laughs> i know so we had two options there was an issue with the lights and they were like, either all the lights can be on or all the lights can be off. And we figured we're going to go with all the lights off because those lights were pretty bright. Uh, word. Word. <laughs> word. 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 cool with the lights being off, say word. <laughs> okay, so, so it's, I'm glad that there are new people here. I'm glad that there are people who are, who are returning. Um, One thing I want to say is, although I've asked for permission and I appreciate that enthusiastic consent, I do ask a lot of questions. And so if I ask you a question and you don't want to answer it, you just say, no, I don't want to answer that. That's it. And let's say you start answering the question. You're like, okay, I'm up. I'm game. Let's do this. 
And then you start talking, and then all of a sudden, there's this little voice in your head that's like, what are you doing? There's all these people here. You can't talk about this shit in front of all these people. Just stop talking, and you're fine. You can change your mind at any time, and if you don't want to share and I, I bring you into this conversation, feel free to say no. You're perfect wherever you are. Cool? Word? Okay. All right. So this is a place where people tell stories from their love and sex lives. You know, it's a, it's a place where people share very vulnerably and very honestly. And, uh, and our mission tonight as a crew, we're only going to be here for about an hour. Our mission as a crew is to listen and hold space for each other and to hopefully hear one thing that we leave here thinking about. Just one thing. If you can hear one thing that lands with you that you can think about, great. This was worth the time. Okay? Word? Word. Okay. So I really want to start with our first storyteller of the night. She has a, a, a fascinating tale about, uh, well, it's about one of her first intimate journeys being with another woman. And uh, we were super excited to have Kat here tonight. So everybody, please put your hands together for Kat. So Kat, let this, uh, let Ingram just get that mic positioned properly. Okay. And uh, Kat. Yes. Tell us what happened. Uh, well, so this story takes place in the confines of my last relationship. So I'm not currently in this relationship. And it was the first relationship in which I got to kind of accept and really own my bisexuality, which was really wonderful. And uh, <clears throat> my ex and I kind of developed this hobby of hooking up with beautiful women together. And <laughs> I call it a hobby because we spent a fair amount of time doing this, and we kind of had a whole process for it. Um, we would start with the apps, you know, there's lots of various apps you can meet people on and we would uh, meet women on these apps and chat with them and anyone we seemed to get along well with, we would meet in person. And at the time we lived in a studio apartment in the West Village, so not very big, but on an amazing street, steps away from tons of bars. So the kind of process would be we would meet someone at a nearby bar, if things went well, we would walk home maybe have another beverage and see where things went. Uh, so one of these women that we met, uh, we brought her home. We were having a drink on the couch. We're discussing boundaries. We're discussing what do you like? What do you not like? And she stops us and she says, you know, I have to warn you, I'm a squirter. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, I don't know why you're warning me. I think that's awesome. I'm super pumped for that because uh, I had never experienced that for myself or from another woman. Certainly not. So, yeah. So we start hooking up. We start kissing on the couch. We move to the bed. It's, you know, a queen bed because we're in a studio. Um, <laughs> but important to mention, on this queen bed is about a three-inch like deep mattress topper, very comfortable Tempur-Pedic mattress topper. Um, important to mention because it would move when you had sex on it and it would move a lot when like multiple people were having sex on it. So uh, we're getting naked, we're getting sexy, we're making out, we're kissing. I start to go down on her. Um, she starts to instruct me on exactly what I need to do in order to make her squirt. So I start fingering her, I'm like 
following instructions about the speed and you know the the hard hard softness to hit her G spot just so that it starts happening. And so lo and behold, she starts to squirt a little bit. And you know it's like this awesome like gush of fluid, and you're like, oh wow, this is so cool. This is awesome. I'm super into it. And then she says, like, keep going, don't stop. And so I keep going, and the little gush starts to grow, and so suddenly it's like kind of like the projection is getting up higher and <laughs> <laughs> higher, and um, like till like so now I'm like getting covered in this fluid. <laughs> And I'm literally, like, my partner, too. Like, we're both getting covered in this fluid, and, like, no joke, we're, like, splash zone at SeaWorld situation. <laughs> um, to the point that, like, we're getting soaking wet, and I'm so totally into it. I'm just looking at my partner, I'm like, is this real? Is this <laughs> happening? Uh, and so, you know, the, we keep having sex for a good hour, 90 minutes, and, like, every time she comes, it's, like, this fountain of fluid and it was so much that you kind of I was in awe I was like I can't believe she, there's all of that is in her <laughs> um, and it turned out to be so much fluid that we soaked through the mattress topper to the mattress like three inches deep completely soaking wet we had to dry it out and you know thankfully everyone had a great experience so we hooked up with her again and moral of the story bring puppy pads <laughs> she brought puppy cat. Yeah. That was my first time being with a squirter, so it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have, I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you some questions? Please, go All ahead. Right, great. So, so, uh, so. I guess the one thing that's really jumping out at me is, w what were the directions? That's a good question. So since I've had more experience too, like Somebody these write are this down. these are well. Here's the thing: every <laughs> vagina is different, and what I've come to learn and understand is pretty much any vagina has the capability to squirt. But there's lots of, you know, it's very intricate and specific, you know. So for, I could tell you exactly what she told me, but it would be specific to her vagina. <laughs> yes, you want to know? He's like, please. All right. Anybody else who wants to know, say word. word. I mean, come on, Kat, we all want to know. Okay, all right. Well, for her specifically, it was um, a combination of, like, the, you have to start with a lot of... Um, paying a lot of attention to the vulva, to the lips of the vagina. Um, and for her, she, she liked like a um, constant pressure on her clit with your tongue, kind of like in a back and forth motion. And then combined with um, like a very specific like rhythm of using your fingers to hit her G-spot in a particular way. So it was like a combination of the two that, wow. yeah. Have you ever received such uh, uh, thoughtful instructions before having a sexual experience with a person before? Um, is that like commonplace? Because you, it was pretty woke. I mean, you're talking about, you know, we had this very open conversation about boundaries and you know what I mean? Yeah. So it sounds like you, you know, the talking about sex thing, you at nailed it. So. At that point, I had sex with a, f with a handful of women with my partner at the time, my male partner at the time. So like we had very like specific breakdown of of you know just wanting anyone who we entered into a sexual encounter with like I, I just wanted to be clear with the person that you know I want to know your boundaries I want you to know mine I want you to know that we can stop at any time you know so so we were kind of had a had a 
a process yeah. for breaking that down before I met this person. But this woman in particular, no, I hadn't, I'd never been with a woman who could so like clearly be like, oh, do X, Y, Z right. in this way. It's like Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> Instruction um, manual. So. All right, everybody, cat. All right, so I love to do this thing in between storytellers where I just ask everyone what words come up for them. So after hearing that story, what words come up for you? Just shout them out when you have them. <laughs> Wet, what? What? Fun. Fun. Gush. Gush. Squirt. Squirt. Umbrella. Umbrella. Who said awesome? Who said awesome? Okay, this person said awesome. Can, we, can I talk to you for a second? I can. Okay, well, we're just going to bring a mic over to you. Okay, so... Hold on, what, what is your name? I'm Leslie. Leslie, I, you're just leaning into that mic. <laughs> Leslie, Leslie's got something to say. Okay, so Leslie, what, what, why did you say awesome? Anybody else who feels that way, say word. Word. Great. I love that. So, Leslie, wait, I have more. Um, so, do you feel like you have the ability to express what you need? Is that something that, like, you know, uh, you know, is that, is that? Um, I'm working on it, and I want to be with a partner that allows me to feel comfortable in that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, word. Thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So, so, uh, so our next storyteller I'm very excited about because our next storyteller has been part of the Touchpoint band for a year. And he's so smooth on that violin. Um, and he shared this story that he's going to share with us tonight a few months ago. And it was really about uh, coming out um, as himself in uh, some really important, beautiful ways. So uh, everybody, please uh, put your hands together for Savion. If you could speak up a little bit, it would be, it would be great. Okay. Thanks, brother. Uh, this is my coming out story to my mother. Um, why it's kind of important, because my mother was the last person that I told, told, um, even though she's also a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a lesbian? She is a lesbian. Um, so basically, this is back in high school, um, and it was just one random day where I had to stay after school and wait for her to come pick me up after work and all that. Uh, I had been talking to one of my exes at the time, and we were trying to, you know, get back together and all this kind of stuff. So we decided to go to the back of the music building in the school, which is in a practice room, which is really, really deep in, you know, the school. Um, and so when you're back there, you like don't have any signal on your phone and all these kind of things. So, um, which was terrible for me, um, because my mom shows up and she tries to call me tries to text me, 
and I don't get any of these. She even went so far as to write on my Facebook wall, <laughs> let's go. It's still up on my Facebook. Um, and so eventually she decides to just go search for me. And it was actually very easy for her because, you know, a lot of people knew who I was at this time. So all she had to do was walk around and say, have you seen my son? Um, <laughs> you know, and say my name. And so eventually she walks all the way through the school and figures out that somebody at some point saw me way back, you know, in the, the practice rooms. And so in the practice rooms, you know, we had been talking and then eventually started doing things and stuff. Did you say doing things? Yes, doing things. What is doing things? Sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we're doing that kind of thing, but we're also in a practice room that was towards the corner, so you can't see it from the door, you have to walk in. So it's like trying to be smart and be like, oh, you know, if the door opens, we'll be able to get everything together, they won't see us, even though the doors are all glass as well. <laughs> So at some point, my mom makes her way through and she sees my book bag from the door. And while we're doing these things, I'm facing the door so that, I'm facing the practice room door so that if I see somebody walk into the room that the practice room is in, then I can be like, eh, you know. <laughs> so I see the door start to open and I'm just like, gosh, who is coming in? And then my mom's head pokes in to the thing and I'm like, oh no, go. we gotta, we gotta go. Um, and not only does she look at the book bag and if she looks around, she looks directly to the practice room that I'm in. She can't really see from there because the light's off, but she looks and I'm like, how in the world, out of all these rooms, she looks directly at mine and she's <laughs> walking towards it and puts her face up on the glass <laughs> to look in to, to see better. And she gets this mean scowl of like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Rips open the door. And she's like, so this is what you're doing? This is why I've been calling you and you made your bed. And then she slaps me in the face. <laughs> uh, and she was like, let's go, we're leaving. She leaves and I get my clothes on and then I follow her immediately. When we get to the car, um, she gets on the phone and she's talking to one of her friends like, I can't believe And then once she gets off the phone, she just looks over at me while we're driving, she looks back forward, looks at me again, and she just goes, so you gay now? <laughs> Savion, I love that story every time. Um, it's just like, how many people have sex right in front of their parents? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. In this space, I've heard a lot of things, so it's possible many. But Savion, your mom, you say your mom's a lesbian. Mm -hmm. So why was she the last person to know? Uh, I think for some, it's just was situational. Because, you know, I went to an art school, so, you know, it didn't really matter, so I was just like, whatever. And then even my grandmother found out first, which is very interesting. Did she see you too? No. <laughs> she was in a different state at the time. Okay. Uh, but I think eventually I thought about it, and it was like, I, for me, her already being gay, I felt like I had so many freedoms already um, to what I, you know, in my life in general with her, that I felt like there was something that she knew about, like, 
being gay and that kind of stuff that eventually she knew, like when she was, would confirm it with me that she would like change my freedoms and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it was just kind of that that kept me from just being like, oh, this is not a big deal. Because it really wasn't a big deal to tell her, but I just felt like it would have been a big deal to change like, my life. Cool. All right. Everybody, savvy. <laughs> okay, so what words come up when you hear that story? Shout them out when you have them. High school. Ownership. Ownership. Creepin'. What was that? Creepin'. Creepin'. <laughs> Thrill. Thrill. Definitely get it. What, what happened? I definitely you definitely get it. Okay. We're going to go over here. We're going to go over here. Just hold on one second. Give us a second. You definitely get it. Okay, so what is your name? My name is Cassandra. Cassandra. Yes. What, what's going on? Tell me. I have a similar story, other than, but my mom is not a lesbian. <laughs> that would have okay. made life a lot easier. Okay. Um, so are you open to telling your story? Absolutely. Please give her a hand. She's going to tell us. <laughs> uh, my coming out story started when... I had my girlfriend at the time come over to my house. And at that point, I wasn't completely sure, but um, my sisters had already found out through another girlfriend because my first girlfriend told my sisters during my baby shower, or her baby shower that, her baby shower, <laughs> her baby shower that she told my sisters that um, that she liked me and that she had already been, per se, fucking me already. So that's how my sisters found out. But the how way old were you? <laughs> I was 17. Okay. And at, by the time I turned 20, I told my mom. And how she found out was my girlfriend and I came over the house. We had spent the night. But just like every girl that we know, we all bring our girlfriends over. So no, my mom never thought about anything like that. Like oh, there's a girl sleeping in the bed, whatever. But this time, something, I guess, struck her interest, and she came past the room, and she saw us, but we were still separated. And the next morning, I woke up to my mom just in disgust, almost. And I was like, she's like, I need to speak to you. And I was like, okay, whatever, not thinking anything of it now. And she's like, are you living a lesbian lifestyle? And I'm like, <laughs> what? What do you mean a lesbian lifestyle? She's like, you brought this woman over and I could tell that something was different. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I know my mother and just like any mother, you just know when your child is lying to you. So she just kept prying on and trying to figure out what was happening. And I just was like, all right, mom, I'm a lesbian. But at that point I was just like, I'm just trying to figure it out. And she took it that way, but my mom is very religious so I definitely understand why she felt that way and for a long time she didn't she didn't accept it she just felt as though I told her that I was a lesbian and I was going through a phase and f still to this day I'm 30 I told my mom at 20 she still doesn't believe that I'm a, I'm a lesbian so that wow. that is my coming out story wow well thank God you're here and thank you so much for sharing that story everybody please <laughs>
You know, um, being open and honest is not an easy thing to do. Um, and talking about, you know, as was it Leslie? Was that Leslie? Is that your name? Right here? What was your name? Leslie. Leslie, right, okay, got it. Okay, good. So, uh, so, you know, talking about being open and honest and being able to express yourself, like that's just, that's a powerful, that's a powerful thing. And, uh, you know, there's somebody here tonight who has crafted a very interesting way to cultivate open and honest dialogue, specifically around sexuality. So, um, where is she? Hi. Hi, can we get a mic on her here? Everybody, this is Lavina. So Lavina, Lavina, from what I understand, you got into a new relationship and you started having sex and the sex was great and you decided to keep a sex journal. That's right. Is that right? That's right. Okay, anybody else here had a sex journal before? Okay. Okay, so Lavina, <laughs> Lavina, Lavina, what prompted, what is a sex journal? What is a sex journal? So, I actually have our very first sex journal with me. Your first a, one. The first one. This go. was like month one to four okay. of our relationship. So, but what is it? It's just a... It's a, little, it's a little journal that we write in after we have sex. So, every entry is two pages. The first page we split in half. One of us journals, writes in our thoughts, whatever's coming up, folds it over. The next person journals on the second half of the page, folds it over. We read our entries to each other, have a discussion, and reflect on the second page. So what inspired you to keep a sex journal? So Everybody's mind is blown. Mind blown. <laughs> if your, if your oh mind God. is blown, say a word. <laughs> okay. Everybody's mind is blown, Lavina. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, so what inspired you to do this? We, I mean, my boyfriend and I, when we first started dating about a month in, started having sex when we realized there was something really special. And uh, we called it like cosmic sex. We're like, oh, like something amazing is happening here. And so like any like curious entrepreneurial couple, we were like, <laughs> let's collect some data. And so <laughs> <laughs> So it like really started with, we were like, is it better before lunch or after? And does it help to have Soft Prince playing in the background or Soft not? Prince. Yeah, just, Love he loves, he's a drummer. He loves uh -huh. Prince and all sorts of music. Like, Okay, so I yeah. understand, Lavina, that you are actually gonna do a recitation for us tonight, is that I'm true? gonna read a couple of things. Okay, so, yeah. so Lavina is going to read from her sex journal tonight. <laughs> So, Lavina, go ahead. Tell us, tell us, read us, read us some passages. So, before I do this, I, th I think it's important to give a tiny bit of context that I didn't have a lot of sex education growing up. I got the sex talk once when I was 23 for my little Chinese mom. So, it was, it was like, are you doing it? Um, <laughs> so, this is like, you know, I, starting from the basics. Anyway, a couple of favorite highlights and then we'll go from there so 
The first one is a reflection for me. My vagina and whole body are buzzing. I need electrolytes. <laughs> uh, one from Caleb. Double L, that's me, spent so much QT with my dick tonight. Um, <laughs> are these tweets? <laughs> <laughs> you know um but jokes aside like we really did get so much out of keeping this journal together it um opened up a lot of room for us to have vulnerable conversations about things that we had been uncomfortable with for our entire lives so i'll share one story of caleb's and then a story of mine uh caleb wrote and this is on a discussion page i get super in my head if i feel at all like i'm losing my boner and then, because I'm thinking about it, I usually do. It's really embarrassing and frustrating, and I worry Lavina will think it's about her and will think I'm not a good lover. I wrote, I don't want Caleb to feel embarrassed. Because I don't have any heads up when he's going to lose his boner, I'm surprised when it happens. But uh, when it does, I just want him to feel sexy and comfortable. Uh, Anybody else who's been there, say a word. You that. hear that, Caleb? <laughs> okay. I want to make sure he listens to the podcast. <laughs> that came up in our relationship for a couple of weeks. We like had that conversation, wrote about it a lot before we realized that it's not about the performance. It's like every time we have sex is an amazing moment to get to connect and explore each other's bodies and learn. So what's um, the passage? There was one that you wrote specifically yeah. about the period sex. Yeah, so this is this was a really uncomfortable moment for me that happened exactly two months into our relationship. Um, Caleb wrote, he was the first per person to reflect this day. We picked the shower to switch it up, and because Lavina has her period, I could tell there was some discomfort around having sex on her period, and I was so happy she was up to try it. Sex with her is so special and beautiful, and I want to create the space where we can enjoy sex with each other, no matter the circumstances. I wrote, not having read that, I have never felt so shy with Caleb before. I'm definitely in my head about having my period and that it would gross him out, so I had a hard time being present. Not that I didn't want to have sex with Caleb, but I felt like such an alien and worried about turning him off. I'm glad we tried it, even writing this helps. I have some work to do. Whew. Everybody, Lavina. <laughs> so hearing that, what words come up for you? Shout them out when you have them. Brave. brave. Wow, everybody has words for you, Lavina. I heard brave. What else? Curiosity. Curiosity. What else? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Revelations. Who said revelations? Oh, wow, you are so back there. Uh. Here, can you come over here? Here, can you come up? Come here, come here. They're gonna, they're gonna, just so we can see you. Just come forward a little so we can see you. Okay, so you said revelations. Here you go, Ingram, she's good. Okay, so what is your name? Josie. Josie. Josie, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, Josie, revelations, what does that mean? Um, I also keep a diary. But mine is more in the form of a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> OK, 
We're listening. You share whatever feels comfortable. If you don't want to share, that's fine. But you've said something that is very intriguing. Put your hands together if you want her to describe it for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Go on. Yeah, so in my spreadsheet, I have the names of all my partners, um, their age, birthday, um, body type, um, when we started having sex, what kind of sex, protection use. Um, I have pictures of them. No, that I have Wait, how long have you been keeping this document? For a long time. <laughs> okay, and so, okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep the side conversation down to a zero. So, so what inspired you to start doing this? Um, I realized that I was having like specific patterns in my sexual relationships and documenting, I thought would be a great way for me to really notice them and see what kind of things I was wanting to do that I wasn't doing, or what kind of things um, I wanted to add more of. And so I really started paying attention. I wanted to use more protection at the time, and the, the graph actually really helped me do that more. <laughs> you are the most epic human I have ever met in my life. Okay, so can you just tell us, can you just tell us about some trends that you found. <laughs> and what's the forecast for 2019? <laughs> well, one of my trends, um, one of the columns I have was affection. And I used to have sex with um, partners who didn't like to cuddle, or wouldn't like to be touched. And that was something that I really wanted to work on. And I'm seeing more of that in my trends. And it's something that I want to continue and expand on. Oh, anybody else who wants that, say word. Oh my God, everybody, please put your hands together. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I know that, I know that, you know, tracking these trends, you know, looking at our stories, um, having these moments of introspection, what do I want, what don't I want, what am I ready for, what am I not ready for, you know, this is just, we all have these experiences and we're all trying to figure it out, you know. Um, but when we start, those first few moments when we start, right, there's, there's a lot that happens in those moments. There's a lot that we learn, a lot that we discover about ourselves. And so tonight, we have our next storyteller who's come to tell us a story about the first time she ever gave a blowjob. Her name is Antoinette. Everybody, Antoinette. So, Ingram, we need to put a mic over here. She's right here. Raise your hand, Antoinette. We need to make sure all the people at home can listen. And while he's getting that set up, please, can you give a round of applause to Ingram and Erwin for holding these poles and making this happen? Holding that thing is so hard. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Antoinette, what happened? So this is about my first awkward blowjob. It was circa 2004. I was in about 10th or 11th grade, and I had a huge crush on this guy named BJ. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is anybody here unfamiliar with the term DSLs? Yes. Okay, please tell us what DSLs means. Because for me, that's just like high speed to internet. Not high speed internet. I thought I was okay. real cute when he said that. Okay. <laughs> um, and so Did he I say that to you? Did he say like, wow, you have really nice dick sucking lips? <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say it like that. Right. So like, you got nice DSLs. Oh. So, which 10 years later, well, 14, whatever how old I am later, like, question that. But it was cute then, not so much now. But um, anyways, we, we go to my friend's house. And of course, he's like, let's go into the room. So my, the, the scene is my friend had a basement in her parents' part, in her parents' house, which was like a faux basement, faux apartment, excuse me. But she had a water bed. And the water bed was really high. And so there was no get on the knees, suck dick. It was like you kind of had to figure out how to, where to put your body on the bed. <laughs> and so in doing that, we started to make out. You know, we were touching each other. He like whips his dick out. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's like a hand on my head. And he's just pushing the head down. And Anybody who's ever been there, say word. Word. Holy sort of like, fuck. what's happening right now? And like, mind you, more or less, you know, I've consented, but it didn't really take away from like, oh, this is happening whether, you know, whether I'm ready for it or not. So I end up, you know, we get down there, his dick's out, I put my mouth on it and sucking it. And he's kind of like squirming a little bit. And he goes, hey, um, you should use less teeth. And take your lips and roll it over your teeth. And I'm like, like that? He's like, yeah, and I'm doing it. And I'm like, oh my god, my jaw hurts. And then I'm like, I don't like keep on doing this. And the teeth start to slip out. And we start So we were doing it, we're on the, and mind you, we're on the waterbed, so you just <laughs> Everybody, Antoinette. <laughs> Antoinette, thank God you're here. So I have a couple questions for you. 
The first one is around the head pushing. Because, you know, that was a, a pretty strong word when I asked who had been there. And, you know, you said in your own words, I more or less consented. And that's become a real problem that we've become aware of, right? Culturally, that more or less consenting is not consenting. And so I guess you referenced it, it resonated. I want to know tangentially how that type of behavior is possibly still showing up in your adult life. Has it showed up with other partners? And what forms can it take? Because I feel like we have a really important teachable moment right now where we're all listening in a big cultural way to, what, to what's going on. Um, I would say like in the past two years, uh, I've really leaned into my sexuality. And so very much of the conversations I'm having with my partners is full of consent, full of communication. But I would say the hand on the head has been a thing that's happened for like a majority of the beginning of my sex life. And I, I think now that I'm more awake to what consent really is for me, that I would not approve of that. And there would, there would be like, I'm not like, you don't, you can tell me what you want. You don't have to physically assert yourself to get it. And I think, um, it's definitely, it's definitely not okay. Um, I think that uh, it's happened a number of times and I think it's just being afraid to communicate. But I think to going back to your point, Ella, like um, the point I'm trying to make here is around, if you, no one's talking to you about sex, right? Like for some of us and maybe all of us and maybe majority of us, like no one's having the conversation when you should be having it. And I feel like if somebody would have said, if he wants it, he's gonna ask for it. If he doesn't, you don't need to be there. It would have changed my whole perspective about my early encounters with sex. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about, like I've never had the sex talk with my parents and we like casually joke about it, but like it would have been nice to have somebody say, hey, this is okay, this isn't okay. And then I can sort of go on that journey on my own with a little bit of a foundation. Mm. Um, but I think when you don't know, you're like, well, maybe this is what people do. But then you, you know, come to this community and then you realize, Oh wow, like everybody experienced that and that shit's not okay. So Yeah. All yeah. right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what words are coming up after that? Pleasure. Pleasure. Resonates. Okay. Can we put a mic over here? <laughs> She's in the back. <laughs> Okay, hold on, let it, let's put the mic, let's get it right. Okay, what is your name? Danielle. Danielle. Okay, is this your first time here? It is. Oh my God, thank God you're here. Did you think you were going to be sharing tonight? Okay, all right, well, are you open to me asking some questions? Okay, everybody, put your hands together for Danielle. When did you realize that that's not cool? Um, honestly, I think it was 
Sounds like your story is about a is about a, a heterosexual man. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if that's those are your circumstances as well. So I understand that these issues touch on everybody, but there's a there's a, a decent number of men here tonight. And I'm curious, are there any men that can speak to this head pushing thing? Anybody who's brave enough to throw up a hand and speak to it? Like as if we've done it before or no? I mean I fucking against it. You're against, well, I'm, I, I get, like, we can all be against things, no, but. No, no, but, like, it's never, I, mean, I would never, I would never even think. Thank God for you. Never even think. <laughs> so, so, but I'm talking about, is there anybody here who feels like maybe they've crossed the line? Because let me tell you, oh, thank God for you. Let me, let me tell you, I really appreciate it. Please give him a hand and raise his hand. While we're on this subject, I can tell you that, like, you know, Me Too happened. You know, it came out. All of a sudden, people are like, holy shit, this is like a real thing. And they call it rape culture. And I'm like, you, man. I'm like, fuck that. I've never raped anybody. Like, I'm a good guy. Not hard, I'm the, not hard. Not hard. <laughs> I wasn't a joke, but I'm glad that we found that funny. I'm glad that I could, inst- I could make people laugh. But this is the thing. You know what? The more I sit in this circle, the more I hear people share this story. You know, I, I was into it, you know? We were kissing, we went home, and, and like one thing led to another, and then we were already sort of in the thing, and I didn't really want to do it, but I was willing to do it, so like I did it, but it's not like I just didn't feel empowered to just say I don't want to do it, but I went through with it. If anybody's ever been there, say word. word. And when I heard that, I went, holy shit. There have probably been people who've come home with me who have had that experience with me and they didn't know how to say it out loud. And no, I didn't rape anybody. But there's definitely been people who have had sex with me because they were willing to, but they didn't want to. And until, until we can really take a good look in the mirror and be like, I get that there's a spectrum, but I, I may in some sense be part of the problem. I don't know, man, we got a long way to go. So, you put up your hand? Okay, let's bring a mic over to him. And you were nervous at the top, just saying why you were here. <laughs> this is a big yeah. leap forward. You know? I didn't give it much thought about that. <laughs> I'm like, but, all right, uh, you were nervous <laughs> about just admitting that you're here? Cool. Yeah. What's your Me Too moment? <laughs> Let's go. All right, got the hard part out of the way. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so what's up? What's coming up? <sighs> ah, so much. Um, yeah, I mean, what you just said really resonates with me. Um, this last year has been huge for me in owning my, my masculinity fully. And uh, a big part of that for me was coming to terms with the way that I've rejected myself and the way I've rejected other men. 
And um, what, I, what I realized through this revelation is that perception is far more important in, than reality in a lot of ways. And one way that shows up for me is that um, if I'm walking by, behind a woman at night on the street, I am a rapist because it doesn't matter whether I'm going to or not. Her perception is that's a possibility. And so for me to own that and for me to step into those shoes and say, you know what, like, it's possible that I could be this. It was a big part of like this year for me and saying like, look, this is like culturally I am this and that's something that I have to own. And, and through that, I've looked back at times in my life where I've thought, oh, like I should, I should assert myself more here because that's what men do. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We have to show that we're strong, that we're not willing to back down. And I, I, I'm like you where I can't say that I have raped, like per se raped, but like- Per se raped. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, you know, in, because of the because of the spectrum of, yeah. of, of what's coming up now, it's really yeah. hard yeah. to to we need more words. Yeah. You know, we do like rapes not covering it. We need more words. And you know, like like you you know, I, I, I think that I have asserted myself in a way that yes, she was willing, she she wasn't a hell yes. And um, just for admitting that, thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate it. Okay, so I understand that sometimes it's hard to make a segue from rape and Me Too to romance and relationship, but we're just going to do a hard transition for the sake of time. Would <laughs> you like to say something? May I propose a hard transition? Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay, but we have another story to get to, okay. so I would I would love to sidebar that, and then we'll we'll keep it going. Uh, the controversial question can, might take us on a different tangent that we want to make sure we 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 let the people who came here to tell their stories tell their stories. So I appreciate that. Uh, Dana, right? Yes. Okay, Dana. Thank you so much. I promise we'll talk about that. So tonight, you know, we've talked a lot. We talked about squirting, you know. We've talked about DSLs. <laughs> We've talked about living a lesbian lifestyle. <laughs> We've talked about our parents watching us having sex in the band room. We've heard about sex journals. And for our last story of the night, I thought it would be fun to hear about some epic, cosmic, crazy-ass love. Yes. Just like some Nicholas Spark shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there was a couple here tonight that just had such a wild story that when I heard it, I was like, you got to tell us all that this shit is possible. And so I'm thrilled to have Lauren and Alex with us tonight. Please give them a, a round of applause. So I know you guys have some legendary love story that it takes a while, but tell us what happened. I think we've all been there. <laughs> so I had been traveling in India for three months with a different boyfriend at the time. This was like five years ago. 
And we were from Philly and we got back to Philly and we were like, oh, Philly's terrible. Like India was so exciting. Where can we move? Let's take a day trip to New York. So we did. We were sitting in a coffee shop. We went on Craigslist and we were looking to sublet an apartment just for a month in Union Square and like see what that's like. So we go on Craigslist and the first listing we click on and we get a response within like five minutes. And the person who responded said, yeah, this is the address, come over. And it was just a block around the corner from the coffee shop that we were sitting in. So we get up and we go to the apartment, we knock on the door and we open the door and there's a guy standing there with his girlfriend at the time. And um, it was Alex. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, so Lauren knocks on the door, I, I open it, and I immediately knew. I immediately knew that this was the girl I'm going to marry. And it was really powerful. It was a knowingness that I've never experienced before in my entire life. There was a, a soul contract above that was being activated in real time right then in that moment. And I was like, how are we going to live together this month when... <laughs> I'm with someone, um, and, and Lauren was with someone. Um, but of course, we had to make that happen, so gave her the keys to the apartment, and we spent the next 30 days living together. It was my roommate, um, me and my ex-partner, and Lauren and her ex-partner, and it was a wild month. It was a month of, um, it was a month of me really avoiding the situation. I thought he didn't want to be friends with me for like a long time. Yeah. And Lauren helped pack me up, and I ended up moving down the street, literally a block, to this one-bedroom apartment, left a three-bedroom, you know, frat house into a one-bedroom, more civilized 30-something apartment down the street. And a, a year and a half later, um, that relationship ended. I went home for the holidays, and I kind of dusted my shoulders off, and I wiped my face from the tears of that relationship ending. I was like, okay, now it's time for me to tell Lauren. And as I'm heading to the airport in SoCal and getting the courage to, to go back to New York and tell Lauren how I felt, I see a post that Lauren had started another relationship. That, that moment, I'm like, oh my God, literally the sky like turned black, my, all the walls were caving in. And I was like, I missed my chance, I missed it. And it was on the feed, you know, it wasn't a story post, it was a feed post with another dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Come back to New York. I eventually get into another relationship myself. Lauren starts this relationship with this other guy. And, you know, I just was really kind of bummed, but, you know, moved on with, had to kind of move on. And I ended up ending that relationship over the last holidays. And I threw myself in a 10 day Vipassana to sit and really think about what I wanted for the rest of my life. Um, and Lauren actually did the same. She sat in a silent retreat herself. Wait, what is a, last what you a does anybody a, here not know what a vipassana is? Yeah. Okay, there's other people here who don't know. What is a vipassana? It's a 10-day silent retreat. It's okay. 10 hours of meditation a day. Starts at 4 a.m. ends at 10 p.m. It's, it's a really hard but profound experience. Um, and I came out of that feeling really clean and really light and really clear. And Lauren did a similar silence experience last holidays as well. And she came out of that and it was early 2018. So before I went on the silent retreat, I had ended that relationship, the feed guy that Alex saw. <laughs> and that relationship was tumultuous and I realized toxic and I had, 
a lot of healing to do. So the meditation retreat was really important for me. And then leaving that, I like wrote a note to the universe. It was probably a full moon ceremony, like dear universe. I know that I want a partner, but I've also gotten to know myself and that I don't want to be anyone's girlfriend ever again. And I don't know what that looks like, but I either want that relationship, like that one guy, I believe in a soulmate or a life partner, and there may be a few, but I just, I want that, or I'm really okay surrendering to not being in a relationship. It doesn't work for me personally to be a girlfriend. So I was like, what? I've never seen that before. Is that like an arranged marriage? Like, I don't think I want that, but I'm just going to put it out there and be as honest as I can with myself. And then um, I got back from my silent retreat and I saw Alex posted on Instagram that he had just gotten back from his silent retreat and I was like Alex Ablin's spiritual no way <laughs> so <laughs> cool <laughs> like noted so I commented and I invited him to a fundraiser that I was putting on for a nonprofit, and it, that was in February of last year and we slowly started to get to know each other again but um, it was a courtship. It was a true courtship for five months. And although he was really clear and certain, and he let me know that from the beginning, we were both being mutually honest with each other and in total acceptance. So I would tell him, like, I'm not even ready to hold hands. Like, I'm healing from this relationship, and I want to keep hanging out with you. And. Um, it was like yeah. one week we would hold hands, then the next like month we would cuddle, and then the month after that we would kiss. We actually bought coasters before we kissed each other because by the end of this courtship, my heart had healed enough and I had built enough trust with each other and he had held such exquisite space for me to go through this process without pressuring me at all or rushing it that I opened up and I felt like, okay, like you're, like you're my person and let's be in a relationship together and we decided that we would get engaged. And after that, we were intimate for the first time. Yeah. Everybody, Lauren and out. So, I have a couple questions. Um, I just want to make sure I heard correctly. You got engaged before you said get intimate. It sounds like you were pretty intimate, but I think that's just a euphemism for having sex. sex yeah. Okay, so you got engaged, you went through a courtship, you got engaged, and then you had sex for the first time. Is that correct? We, we agreed that this was it. There was an understanding between the two of us that we were gonna get married, we designed a ring together, we met the ring designer the day after we designed the ring in Joshua Tree, and that's when we made love in Joshua Tree. We got married three months, we got engaged three months later at Burning Man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. With our parents there. And with your parents, your parents in the same In the same RV, yeah. In the same RV. I love that that's the thing that's surprising. <laughs> Burning Man? They've just told this whole crazy ass story, and she's like, at Burning Man? <laughs> Okay, so, 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 you know, this space, we talk about sex, and when I tell people we have a, we have a town hall about sex, I, I, I do that because if I said we were having a town hall about emotional intelligence, nobody would come. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But that's what this space is, you know what I mean? 
And this is like, you two have been on a pretty profound journey and you found each other. I want to know one question about knowing for a fact that you're in the wrong relationship because it sounds like you knew that many times with other people. Right? You had this strong connection for each other, but you actually have another person. And those relationships were going on and on. How many people have ever been in a relationship that they know that shit is just not the right thing? Say word. word. Okay, okay, so we've been there. I don't know how many of us probably have not been where you two are right now. That's a different thing. But, but what was it like? What was your feeling of being in a thing that you knew was wrong? What was that experience like? You know, it, for me, it was hard. You know, I, it was really good. The relationships that I've been in the past were really wonderful. wonderful. What does that mean? What are you, they were I mean, these, these, these are women that I deeply admire and that we had an awesome friendship and we had intimacy and we had this a kick-ass relationship. It just wasn't the ultimate. It wasn't the one. Um, and when Lauren walked through the door, I knew that, that she was the one. And I trust that. It's so instinctual. It's from the gut. It's not from the brain, and it was just it. And, Lauren, did you yeah. feel that? When you met him, did you feel it? No. <laughs> I, so this so is good. the thing. <laughs> so good. You can't write this. I think that timing is really important, and I can read people really well. Like, you pick up. If someone has vibes for you or if you find them attractive, like, you can feel it. It's potent. And I was like totally veiled. And I think that if I had gotten that same hit, like, oh my gosh, like that that's my person or I'm interested in him, I would have forced the relationship into existence because like yeah, I just would have. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't the right time. Looking back, it would have had challenges and it would have been messy and we were with other people. So it, yeah, the timing's really important. And just to go back a little bit on your original question, potential is so dangerous like when you're at least for me when I'm in a relationship and there's a lot of potential like I'll stay in it and I'll try to make it work um, even mm. if it's like 99% good mm. um, but there's that little thing you're like something's off and it's a whisper but like your rational mind is like no it's good on paper they're awesome and but I love them and but like the sex is okay or great or whatever it is but that little whisper like I couldn't ignore that anymore. So, whew. Anybody who's been there, say word. word. Oh, my God. Thank you. Lauren and Alex, everybody, please put your hands together. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. So, before we close the space, I told you, my goal, my mission when we hold this space is that all of us all 100 plus of us can walk out that door with at least one thing that, you know, that we're going to be left thinking about. Just one thing. By a show of hands, uh, who here has one thing they think they're going to be thinking about as they walk out the door? Okay. Great. So, hi. We're just going to wait until we get a microphone on you. You look stoked that I just called on you, by the way. You look, she's like, hi. <laughs> right, here we go. What's your name? It's right here, right here. What's your name? Nikki. Nikki, what is the one thing you think you're going to be thinking about? Um, what Lauren just said about beware of potential is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And not trying to like construct a good thing that's actually not there. Yeah. Sick. Okay. Thank you so much, Lauren. There you go. Okay. 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 Um. Right here. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. What is the What is the one thing that you think you're going to be thinking about as you leave here? Um, and how your intuition is really stronger than anything and I think it's something a lot of people ignore because you do get into your head and you're thinking with your rational mind or try to thinking, say I instead of you oh I'm thinking with my rational mind or my emotions but I I do have a strong intuition and I felt that in the past um, and I think learning to trust that is important yeah. and act on it perfect yeah thank you thank you so much okay okay this gentleman right here hi yeah yeah, me. Yeah, I just want to know what is one thing you think you're going to be thinking about as you walk out of here. I think about two things. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, one is the power of vulnerability that Lavina shared, um, and that kind of the magic that can happen when you um, when you open yourself up for honest conversation around things that are uncomfortable and often taboo, and then. Um, I don't know, I just love all this story up here. So I'm gonna be thinking about Alex like all night. Um, and, and, uh, but um, uh, yeah. Okay, all right, thank you so much. Okay, okay. Okay, well, I can tell you that, you know, after sitting in this circle now for going on our third year uh, and having 4,500 plus people sit in this circle and many of them sharing, I could say that all of the stories that were shared tonight I have just never heard before. Um, and it's a real tribute to the fact that all of us are out here having our own experiences. And when we create space to really like listen to each other and learn from one another, whether it's through huge town halls or it's through sex journals or it's you know, through you know, really going deep in a relationship and having those, those conversations, like we can change our lives, we can change our world, and that's what I've been able to witness in this circle month after month, now year after year. Um, the one thing I hope all of you take away tonight, and I know everybody heard little bits and pieces of things and, and, and there's things that resonate and things that, that don't, is the power of just open, honest conversation around sexuality. Uh, and when we create the space to really talk to each other and listen to each other, that like we could change our lives, we can change our sex lives, we can change our relationships, we can change everything. And you know, I always like to say like, we do not need to talk about sex to have sex, but we do need to talk about sex to have great sex. Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at, at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day, and we'll see you next week.